It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Okay, here we go. Let's get it locked on LSU, your team every day. Friday edition, it is December the 7th. Hope you're having a great one. I'm Matt Moscona, ESPN Radio, Baton Rouge, New Orleans, Alexandria. We got a TV simulcast on a Cox Sports Television. And glad you're finding us here for a little LSU talk every single day. A college football awards show. We'll recap that. Devin White updated his timeline on a draft decision. We'll get to your mailbag questions, the LSU basketball team back on the floor this weekend. So, a lot we're going to get to here over the next 20 minutes or so, as I say every day, man. However you're consuming this, uh, at the gym, walking the dog, while you're at the airport, while you're on that commute, we just appreciate you for being here. And if you could help us by passing this along, retweeting, sharing a Facebook post or a, a LinkedIn post or uh, commenting or, or rating us on iTunes, all that helps. So, we sincerely appreciate it. So, uh, disappointing night for LSU last night. Um, you had Cole Tracy up for the uh, Lou Groza Award. You had Greedy Williams up for the Jim Thorpe Award. And uh, neither guy ended up collecting the hardware. Uh, Andre Smith from um, Syracuse ends up winning the Groza as the nation's top place kicker. Uh, Wyoming's Cooper Roth was the other finalist for the award. Um, Tracy made 25 field goals. It was second nationally. Um, he made 86.2% of his kicks. Uh, just below Smith's, which was 87.5. Um, Tracy, look, school record 54-yarder against Miami. Uh, he had the game winner against Auburn. He had a 50-yarder against uh, A&M in overtime. He kicked five field goals in the win against Georgia, which ultimately won the game for LSU. If you kind of just look at it, man, Tracy's season as a whole and his impact on the team, whereas Smith you know, attempted and made more PATs because his team scored more, um, Golly, it's it's just hard for me to look at this and think that this was the right decision, especially considering one kid kicked in the dome. <laughs> but look, I mean, it's the hard thing is when you're talking about national awards, guys are deserving. You're not on the list if you're not deserving as a finalist. Um, so you don't want to discredit somebody else. It's just how do you determine who who is more deserving than the other guy who is also deserving? And in my opinion, man, uh, Cole Tracy – considering LSU doesn't beat Auburn and probably doesn't beat Georgia without him, and they're certainly not in a position to, to win the game over Mississippi State the way they did or you know his clutch kicks in overtime against Texas A&M, how differently that outcome might have been. Who knows, man. But um, uh, I, I certainly thought Cole Tracy was deserving. I thought he would win it. Yesterday there was a, a college football Hall of Fame Twitter poll which had at the time of uh, of the award show more than 5,000 votes and 97% of the people who voted said Cole Tracy would win the Groza. It was just one of those things where it felt like it was a cinch and ultimately it wasn't. So it doesn't detract from what Cole Tracy did this year. He was uh, sensational. He was certainly deserving, but congrats to Andre Smith from Syracuse. Uh, Greedy Williams missed out on the Thorpe Award. That went to um, to DeAndre Baker of Georgia. We talked about yesterday. 
that that's more understandable. That that crop of finalists among the um among the Thorpe finalists with with Greedy, with Baker, and then with Julian Love from Notre Dame. You had three guys, all from major programs, all who had had great careers, all who had great seasons, all who were projected to be high draft picks. It's understandable how that, like, however that would have gone, I wouldn't have been surprised. But DeAndre Baker certainly was deserving, and, you know, as as was Greedy or Love, however that would have played out. So uh, congrats to all of them. The, um, the Walter Camp All-America team was announced as well during the college football awards show and and the four players LSU had a Grant Delpit, Devin White, Greedy Williams, all first teamers. And then Cole Tracy was named to the second team, a Delpit, White, Tracy were also sports illustrated, all Americans. So a white, of course, won the Butkus. You have a couple of guys this year that are going to go on to be consensus, all Americans. But when you look at this, one thing that's been consistent this week, whenever you've seen the all SEC teams come out, the SEC award winners, the national award winners, and the All-America teams, what you've seen is pretty consistently Devin White, Grant Delpit, Greedy Williams, Cole Tracy. Elite defensive talent at every level. Amazing special teams. Completely void on offense. Uh, You just haven't had any offensive players recognized this season and it's evidence of of some of the struggles LSU's had and maybe why they weren't a championship contender this year. You had the great defense. You were certainly elite on special teams, but you were missing the third phase this year, and that's what's got to get better, and that seems most obvious for this team, is they've got to get better in that third phase offensively. Maybe you know, next year when you're going to return essentially your entire offensive line. Obviously, Garrett Brumfield's graduating, but Jason Hines played a lot of football for you this year. Your whole offensive line is back. Joe Burrow's back as a fifth-year senior. You'll have Clyde edwards Elair back. You're going to add a guy like John Emery and, uh, and Ty Davis, a couple of freshman running backs, into the mix. Every one of your receivers is back, unless if there's a, a transfer. Of course, you're going to lose Foster Moreau and Nick Brissett, but you like the guys behind them at those positions to be able to supplement. I, you know, a- Another year with the same cast, you would hope that this offense gets better uh, next year, and if they are, and the defense obviously is going to have to replace Greedy Williams, and they're likely going to have to replace Devin White, uh, but Grant Delpit's back, uh, you know, and we'll see about Christian Fulton as well, what his decision ultimately ends up being, but if he returns as well, like his dad said earlier in this week that he anticipates he will, you know, you're going to have a really salty defense again next year, and they'll have to replace Cole Tracy, and, and that's going to be a big question mark, but, you know, at least, you know, two-thirds of the um, – of that equation of the three phases should be solid heading into next year as LSU looks to return a lot of guys. So a disappointing day for Cole Tracy and for Greedy Williams not winning their national awards, but um, uh, fantastic seasons nonetheless and honored as, uh, as All-Americans as they should be. All right, it is Locked on LSU, your team every day. Let's step aside real quick. Speaking of Devin White, he gave an interview this morning on uh, Off the Bench with Jordy and T-Bob on ESPN Radio in Baton Rouge. He spoke about his decision to play in the bowl game his upcoming NFL decision, and the future of the linebacker position at LSU. You'll hear that from Devin White next here on Locked on LSU, your team every day. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock 
deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Glad you're back with us here, Locked on LSU, your team every day. I'm Matt Moscona. Glad you're with us. Uh, we will get to your mailbag questions and quick preview of the LSU basketball game on Sunday against Incarnate Word. Yes, I know it's Incarnate Word, uh, but the Tigers are back on the floor, so we'll get a quick preview of that. Uh, most notably, uh, Devin White earlier this week uh, put any speculation to rest when he announced on Twitter that he will play in the Fiesta Bowl uh, against Central Florida. Uh, he was on off the bench with uh, Jordy Collada, T-Bob Bear. If you want to hear the entire interview, however you're listening to this podcast, just search 104.5 ESPN Baton Rouge. You'll see the Devin White interview there or go to 104.5 ESPN.com. Um, uh, they talked about a lot of things in the interview, and they did ask if it was a tough decision deciding to play in the bowl game. No, it wasn't a choice, a tough choice at all, easily because, like, everybody think I'm, like, going to the NFL, but I'm really all the way in at LSU, and I haven't even started making a decision yet. So if, if I was to say I wasn't playing, then that means I made a decision. But, you know, I, I haven't even uh, started making a decision with my family because I want to finish the season, and, you know, I want to end on a good note. And then I want to start, you know, uh, talking to my family to make a decision. But right now we were focused on, passing all your finals and getting ready for the bowl prep. Okay, so that is probably music to LSU fans' ears. Uh, realistically, I, I don't think anyone should expect Devin White to be in the purple and gold next year, and anyone who is responsibly advising him should push him out the door to the NFL. He's going to be a first-round draft pick. He is going to be an instant millionaire, and he should go to the NFL um, and my guess is that that will be the decision ultimately he makes when the time is right. But since Devin White is focusing on the bowl game, and I can certainly respect his commitment to team and to finishing this task, the guys did talk to him about uh, about the Fiesta Bowl and earning a major bowl bid. I feel like, um, you know, we're getting started, so what's going to be even greater in the future? You know, I feel like this was just a stepping stone and. You know, I wish it was way better than what it was, but I can't complain. You know, I'm just uh, thankful that we are in the New Year's Six Bowl because I know uh, that Texas and them game didn't go like we wanted it because we could have been, even in, you know, in another bowl, probably like the um, bowl in Atlanta. But, I mean, I'm blessed to be in the um, Fiesta Bowl. You know, it's a great bowl. I look at the hotels and stuff, everything around that night, and I'm ready to get there and just prepare and get on that field and dominate do what I do what I do all the time is just dominate because I feel like I'm even better since that last game because I've been training even harder since we didn't we haven't had a game so I feel like I done got a little stronger Jeez. and I'm ready to go certainly sounds like a guy who's focused ready to go and that's part of what we lose sometimes lose track of when you talk about guys that are 20 21 years old and you get an opportunity to get on a plane and you fly out to the Phoenix area which is gorgeous you go stay at a beautiful resort you get to play in an NFL stadium on that field um it, it matters for the same reasons that fans should get excited about it. These players get excited as well. Uh, Devin White also talked about bowl prep and preparing for Central Florida. Uh, I think it'll be fun. You know, I think they dynamic in a lot of ways, but I think they're a team that I can make a numerous amount of plays against because they do so much. And, you know, as a linebacker, you know, if they run the ball a lot, I mean, there's a lot of tackles for me. And then if they got quick passing game, I mean, that's a lot of plays that I can make in the underneath game as well. So uh, I think it'll be fun. I'm just, you know, ready to really start competing against my brothers again, you know, because we, we're going to be like a spring practice. We'll be going against each other until it's time for, like, bowl prep in Arizona. 
Again, Devin White on uh, off the bench with Jordy Collada, T-Bob Bear. So two more things uh, that he talked about. One, the future of the position with guys like Micah Baskerville, Damone Clark, and then they did ask him about his NFL decision. So we'll get to that in a second. But first, here's Devin White on the next generation of LSU linebackers with guys like Micah Baskerville and Damone Clark. Those two guys are extremely great. I'm, I mean, Damone Clark, like his work ethic, it's second to none, you know. Uh, he was he he another me all over again, you know. But he his own person. But just saying, as far as his work ethic and the work I put in, I know how it got me to where I'm at. You know, he do the same thing. Like he always text me, "What time are you lifting today? I'm gonna make sure I come in and lift with you because I know you're gonna make me better." Like mm. he's hungry. Like he got what I got. And then Michael Baskerville, he's just you know so God gifted, athletic. Like you know he come from where I'm come from. You know the the three one eight. So he's yeah. gonna be able to put on the show in the bowl game because Jacob got to sit out the first half. And, you know, Michael's only a freshman, and he still got a lot to learn. But when we throw him in the fire, I think he do a great job. And then you still got Patrick Queen and Jacob Phillips, those guys. And, you know, everybody see what they can do week in and week out. And, you know, this is their first year on the field, so they got the jitters out of them. So next year they just going to get better and better every time they get on because they're going to be used to it and they're going to know what to expect. And there Devin White alluded to next year. So – Next year, with or without Devin White, the guys asked Devin about his draft decision. After we win the game, yeah, because I'm very confident that you know I'm we about to prepare so hard that we gonna we gonna win this game. So after we win the game, um, I'm gonna really go. I don't know. I might give it a week or so because I'm not in a rush. I'm not. I'm I'm happy where I'm at. You know, I love uh, the state of Louisiana. I love all my coaches, all my friends and family around here. I love my teammates. So. I'm not in a rush. It's just I need to talk to whoever I need to talk to. I need to ask Coach O what I need to look, you know, look forward into, like, my pros and my cons. Because at the end of the day, you know, I'm not out. I'm still at LSU, and it'll be an easy decision once, you know, because I had the right people around me to help me make it. So it's not like I'm just some 20-year-old kid making this decision by itself. Like, I got a lot of uh, great people around me that's going to help me make it. Well, one thing is for certain, uh, Devin White, certainly does not sound like a guy that already has one foot out of the door in Baton Rouge. And, look, I'll continue to say that that he should go, go pro. He should go to the NFL draft. He should go cash his lottery ticket and go have a long, healthy, prosperous NFL career, make a lot of money, change his family's life forever. Um, but I can certainly respect greatly his commitment to what is right in front of him, and that is a um, – that is a trait that not many people, regardless of age, have, is the ability to live in the present. Devin White's doing that, and I certainly admire that. Congrats to him on all the success that he's had. All right, it is Locked on LSU, your team every day. I'm Matt Moscona. A couple things left to do. We'll knock out our final little break here. Come back, preview LSU incarnate word. A quick primer for that as the Tiger basketball team is back on the floor this weekend. And we'll get to your mailbag questions. Glad you're with us here. Friday edition of Locked on LSU, your team every day. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. 
All right, down the stretch, we come final segment here on Locked on LSU, your team every day. I'm Matt Moscona. Get to your mailbag questions in a quick second. A basketball Tigers get back on the floor. One game in 13 days. It's um, it's allowed Will Wade the opportunity to um, uh, to work on a lot of things. Obviously, with the Grambling game last week, from the the time in Orlando to to this Sunday, the Grambling game would have just been one in almost two weeks. So, uh, an opportunity to sort of ha- have a second training camp of sorts, and needing it coming off that trip to Orlando. I'm curious to see. You know what LSU will do in this ball game. Let's be very clear. Incarnate Word is not a good team. Uh, they opened the season against Texas Tech and lost by 50, 87 to 37, 87 to 37. Um, they played a home game against Montana and lost by 27 points in that one. Uh, they lost to FAU by uh, by three. They played Northern Colorado and lost 90 to 64, a 26 point loss. So they've um, they've they've beaten teams. I just don't even know who they are. Like um, they they lost to SIU Edwardsville. Um, they've beat one of their wins is against Trinity. They that just there's <laughs> there's just not a lot there with Incarnate Word. This is a, a game that shouldn't be very competitive, and it'd be a, a feel good of sorts for LSU. You know, the basketball power index at ESPN gives LSU a 97.9% chance of winning the game. So the Tigers should win. They'll be physically dominant. What I want to see is I want to see LSU dominate the paint and I want to see him shoot free throws again. Uh, earlier in the season, Will Wade said he wanted to out-rebound his opponents and he wanted to make more free throws than their opponent attempted. And in November, they had done those two things very well. And then uh, when they went down uh, to Orlando, and since then, they've strayed from that. So I, I want to see LSU dominate this team on the glass. I want to see second-chance points. I, I certainly want to see them shoot better free throws because, look, you remember earlier in the season, you know, when they opened against Southeastern and then they played that game against Greensboro, it was their, you know, their free throws were were kind of the, the differential in that ball game. Remember, LSU um, was was 28 of 31 from the free throw line and Greensboro was just four of nine. LSU made 28, Greensboro attempted nine. And that's and that was the difference in that ball game. So I, I want to see those things from LSU. Yeah, I want to see Naz Reed get going again. He battled the ankle injury. He's sort of been trying to find himself a little bit. And Will Wade talked about it earlier this week in his tip-off luncheon. But, you know, guy's been used to playing on the perimeter now, kicking back inside and trying to make him a low-block presence. But I, I want to I see LSU get back to its physical domination where they're dominating the glass they're playing better defense and and make make some free throws because I think that's going to obviously be clutch if you make a free throw against Florida State you know you win that game um and they didn't and they didn't so see if LSU can maybe uh, polish up some of those things this weekend against Incarnate Word in a game that they'll win easily but again that game is Sunday at one o'clock central time if you can get out to the PMAC all right let's wrap up with uh, mailbag questions you can always tweet your mailbag questions um, at Matt Moscona or at Locked on LSU. Cliff Nelson, uh, he's on Twitter at Chuck Nelson44, said, Your thoughts on the 16 playoff? Power five conference champs, the top ranked or best at large team, top two teams get a bye. Um, I don't like it. I don't like six. I think eight is the number. Um, I don't like, I understand why you'd want the power five champs in there because you're assuming. Uh, with Power Five champs, that uh, you're you're in the Power Five league, so they're all equal in that sense. But the reality is, they're not. 
Uh, I would prefer to have uh, a Georgia in this year over a over a Washington, which won the Pac-12. Um, I certainly don't think there, there's a spot at all for the group of five, a guaranteed spot at all for the group of five. So I, um, I think eight is the number. Uh, eight would allow you to have your power five champs and then three at large. And people will always argue, well, if you, if you get to eight, the number nine is going to complain. But in my opinion, the reality is when you start getting uh, further away from that, that concise group, you have less of an argument. So a nine and three LSU, in my opinion, or a nine and three Florida, which is ranked ninth right now, in my opinion, a nine and three Florida, which got blown out at home by Kentucky, Missouri, and lost double digits on the road to Georgia, you don't have as much of an argument as a, a conference champ one loss Ohio State does right now being left out. So I I think eight's the number. I think you have your five power five champs and then your best three at large um teams that get in. I think eight's the number and, and you can make that happen and it's it's totally feasible. And ultimately, we'll get there, and I hope it's sooner rather than later. All right, a Randy on Twitter, at Sir Rexalot. He said, will Ensminger be back next year as OC? Um, I would love to give you a, a, a bold prediction here, one way or the other. Um, if, if Steve isn't back, it's his, it'll be his decision. And... If, if we find out after the bowl game that Steve Ensminger's decided that he's going to retire, that would not surprise me at all. Uh, Steve didn't want to be the offensive coordinator. Ed Ogeron had to force him into this role. Uh, there was a lot of talk this year about, you know, about the, the schedule, the hours, about how Steve you know, around the office wasn't maybe thrilled with, with it and certainly the criticism and how things went. Um, I could I could very easily see Steve Ensminger walking away, but if you're asking me, do I think Ed Ogeron is going to fire Steve Ensminger? No, I don't. And I think there's something to be said for continuity. Uh, but the flip side of that is, and I've mentioned this before, if you go back to 2015 with Alabama, you had Lane Kiffin, or into 2016 rather, Lane Kiffin, Steve Sarkeesian, Brian Dable, Mike Loxley, and now a fifth offensive coordinator that's going to be there calling plays at Alabama, and they haven't missed a beat. So. There's something to be said for continuity, but don't tell me that you can't be consistent offensively if there's turnover. Um, and and the reality is, in my opinion, if they run the same offense again next year that they ran this year, I think you're going to have a lot of the same issues. Um, you'll have success in certain games, but they're going to be maddening games where you're you're running your head against a wall. Uh, one more, Stephen Miller said, excuse my question if you've already addressed it, haven't tuned in lately. Shame on you, dude. Uh, your opinion on the offensive game plan LSU will utilize in the Fiesta Bowl. Um, I think that LSU is going to try to slow the game down because what Central Florida wants to do is tempo. And I saw enough of Central Florida this year to know that Man, there are yards to be had on the ground against this team, and I keep going back to the the drive against the drive against Texas A and M that was that should have been the differentiator was the first drive for LSU of the second half, where it was a fourteen play drive, and they ran the ball thirteen times, and they went right at Texas A and M, and showed that they can play power football. 
And man, I watched um I watched Central Florida this year play uh, a Thursday night game against Temple. And Central Florida won at 52 to 40. Uh, they rallied uh, and won that game. They were down 34-28 at the half, but they rallied and ended up winning 50 to 40, uh, 52 to 40. But in that game, man, Temple ran the ball 46 times for 226 yards, averaging five yards a clip, and that's Temple. That's Temple. And that was a game in Orlando as well. I think because Central Florida is a team that wants to run tempo, they want to go pace, they want to run 75, 80 plays a game, what you do is you you get them out of their offensive rhythm and you ice them on the sideline by just controlling the ball. The thing that I don't think LSU can do is getting to a score fest. I, I don't think you want to do that. I think you want a fresh, fast defense that's on the field for about 60 or 65 plays instead of 80 or 85 plays, and you try to win a game 31 to 20, um, you know, 31-21, which I think LSU is capable of doing against this UCF team. So I, I do think that that LSU plays ball control and they run it far more than they throw. And I do think you will see Joe Burrow continue to run the football um, as you know in true zone read plays and quarterback keepers like you saw against Texas A&M. He proved he can do it. Um, I don't think you have the same injury concerns now that you did earlier in the season when Miles Brennan wasn't available, so you didn't want to run Joe Burrow. Uh, I don't think that's a concern now going into the offseason. So it's all hands on deck, and I do think that LSU is, gonna, is going to play more of a ball control offense and just a punishing point of attack defense against this UCF team on, uh, on New Year's Day. So, all right, that's going to do it for another edition of Locked on LSU, your team every day. We appreciate you for being there with us. Like I say all the time, do us a solid, pass it on, uh, share this if you wouldn't mind. We'd appreciate it. Retweet it, uh, like it, uh, share it on Facebook. Uh, any way you can help us spread the word about Locked on LSU, we sincerely appreciate it. Have a great weekend. We'll see you Monday for Locked on LSU, your team every day. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked on College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.